You're listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7. Hi, you're listening to the weekly wrap on Sin 90.7 with Sarah Booth and Bethany Hayes. On today's show, we look back at Footy's Night of Nights, give you our tips for tomorrow's grand final, and walk you through why the ABC's chairman resigned. Plus, why the new Netflix series The Innocence has Sarah hooked. It's a huge show for you today, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the weekly wrap on Sin 90.7, and here are your news headlines for today. Papua New Guinea authorities have confirmed that an Air Nguini plane has overshot a runway in Micronesia and ended up in the ocean. All 36 crew and passengers from flight PX073 are safe, according to local media. A Melbourne man has been run over by his own car while trying to stop a thief from stealing it from his driveway. The 47-year-old man was woken by a noise in his Sunbury home just after 4am on Tuesday and sustained broken ribs and leg wounds while trying to stop the thief. Police are looking for a commuter who exposed himself to a female passenger on a Sunbury, Melbourne train. Anyone with any information on the matter is urged to call Crime Stoppers. And a Victorian man will be interviewed by police after driving a van into his own Golden Gully home and setting both the car and the home on fire last night. A woman in her 30s was believed to be inside the home at the time but was refused to be taken to hospital. No charges have yet been laid in regards to the fire. A man has died after he lost control of his vehicle and it rolled down an embankment in the South Gippsland region last night. A Melbourne woman is being held in custody after she allegedly poured boiling water over a man as he slept. The 55-year-old woman has been charged with five offences, including intentionally causing serious injury. And now looking to entertainment news. The Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton, will return to the workforce with a solo engagement on Tuesday, October 2, her first since taking off for maternity leave in March. There are, there are rumours couple Paige Butcher and Eddie Murphy may be engaged just weeks after it was revealed that the actor and model are expecting their second child together. Butcher has been spotted out and about in Los Angeles wearing a large diamond ring on her left ring finger. And Jersey Shore star Jenny Farley has filed for divorce from her husband Roger Matthews with the divorce due to irreconciled differences. And now here's Sarah with your sports news. Thanks, Bethany. Mitch March and Josh Hazelwood have been announced as the vice-captains of Australia's Test cricket team. They were awarded the vice-captaincies following both an unprecedented player vote and formal interview. These new processes in the leadership selection were introduced following the ball tampering scandal earlier this year. Yesterday, hundreds of people attended a memorial service for golfer Jared Lyle, who lost his battle with leukaemia last month, aged 36. He was remembered by friend Ian Bull as a man who faced life with great enthusiasm and positivity with an infectious attitude towards life. On Sunday, Melbourne Storm will take on the Sydney Roosters in the NRL Grand Final. Storm's lineup will include Billy Slater, who avoided suspension for a shoulder charge in last Friday's preliminary final in Melbourne. It is unknown yet whether Roosters player Cooper Cronk will be fit to play in the match after he sustained a shoulder injury in the prelim final against South Sydney last week. 
And of course, tomorrow Collingwood will take on the West Coast at the MCG in the AFL Grand Final. Stay tuned for all things footy on this special Grand Final episode. And that's all for Sport Headlines. You're listening to the Weekly Wrap on Sin 90.7. And now for an update on all things political. My personal favourite update of the week because I need all the help I can get when it comes to the political world. So Sarah, what's been making the news? Well, Bethany, the headlines have been dominated this week by the shocking news which came out of the ABC and led to ABC chairman Justin Milne resigning. So when did Milne resign? So he decided to resign yesterday after the ABC board suggested he stand aside while a government investigation takes place. Why is there a government investigation? So late Wednesday night, Fairfax revealed Milne allegedly told Michelle Guthrie, the former ABC managing director, to fire ABC presenter Emma Alberici because the government, quote, hate her. The email allegedly says, get rid of her, we need to save the ABC, not Emma. Emma Alberici has been unpopular with the coalition ever since her piece on the Turnbull government's corporate tax policy earlier this year. Following complaints from the government, the ABC admitted the story contained nine errors and showed a lack of impartiality. It was re-edited. Then... A day after the Alberici email allegations surfaced, the Daily Telegraph reported Milne also told Guthrie to sack ABC political editor Andrew Probin. Oh, and why is all of this such a big deal? So, under legislation, the ABC must have operational and editorial independence from our government. What this means is that the government should not influence the ABC. The ABC was not designed to be state-controlled media. It is meant to be independent and represent and serve the Australian people, not the Australian government. These alleged emails suggest that Milne was influenced by the government as he appears to be asking Guthrie to sack a journalist who the government does not like, or who Malcolm Turnbull, who at the time was Prime Minister, did not like. As such, there has been a huge outcry, both from the public and ABC staff themselves. Staff stopped work at multiple ABC locations to attend meetings and pass resolutions demanding Milne stood down while an independent inquiry took place. ABC Melbourne's resolution stated... The ABC is, and always has been, a fiercely independent news organisation and it is of no concern to our program makers or journalists whether they are hated by any government. We are dismayed that the chairman of our own board is exerting political pressure behind closed doors. Mr Milne's position as chairman of the board is untenable if he does not support the ABC's fierce pursuit of journalism without political interference. So I decided to read that resolution out as it really captures the anger at what has happened, but it also shows how this alleged political interference is so out of line with the fierce independence that ABC Melbourne journalists hold in such high regard. How has Milne responded to the allegations he hasn't protected the ABC's editorial independence? So Milne is strongly denying this. He told ABC 7.30 there was absolutely no interference in the independence of the ABC by the government. 
Nobody from the government has ever rung me and told me what to do in relation to the ABC. That's the narrative that's been running in the papers, but that absolutely never happened. Now, Michelle Guthrie, her name was in the news earlier this week, wasn't it? Yes, correct. So Guthrie was fired by the Broadcasters Board on Monday after refusing to resign. She was just halfway through her five-year term. The board said it was not in the best interests of the ABC for Guthrie to continue as managing director. Guthrie has said she is considering her legal options. Well, so it's been quite a busy week in the ABC then, to say the least. Certainly. (laughs) You're listening to The Weekly Wrap on Sin 90.7 with Sarah Booth and Bethany Hayes. And now we couldn't have a wrap-up of the week without (laughs) touching on Footies, nights of nights. Yes, I'm talking about the brown low, of course. Needs no introduction. It's the low years for the footballers. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Bethany, I know you were all across the fashion. Yes. What were your favourite outfits? Not going to lie, it's my favourite part of the whole night. Me and Mum had the red carpet on and we were like, yes, yes. Oh, a bit bold there. Yes. <laughs> but did my- you watch the actual awards? Or- um, yes, I did catch a bit of it. But Sarah, you know my heart is a fashion. <laughs> How terrible. But okay. no. Talk me through it then. What 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 was hot? What okay. Worked? Let's talk about Brooke Cotchen. Did you see her outfit? Her red outfit, her ponytail. Oh, yes, yes. Beautiful. And she had her husband, Trent Cotchen, was like fixing her train. I was all about that outfit. Is that the image where he's like crouched down on the ground and he's like yes! shaking the dress for the perfect photo? That is the one I was like living what for you that. in a man. I think, <laughs> actually, I feel like that takes my number one spot because I love a ponytail and I feel like the red was like sophisticated. It was elegant was a yes from me. And something else I loved was Hannah Davies' outfit. So she's actually partner of Hawthorne's Brownlow, you know, Tom Mitchell, and she sparkled like the Brownlow itself even. (laughs) Did you see her outfit? It was a long sleeve and it was sequined. She was bronze. She was beautiful. That was a plus. Sounds good. Big plus from me. Another one of my favourites, and there's so many, like I've really had to narrow this down, (laughs) is Jordan Ablett's outfit. So she's quite pregnant. And, you know, pregnant ladies, they don't have a huge range of what they can wear because you've got to wear something comfortable and something that fits. But she wore a off-the-shoulder white number and she looked beautiful. That was a big plus from me. Sounds good. (laughs) And I would say my final favourite... Wow, we have a lot of favourites. I know, like, wow. You can't go past Rebecca Judd. Like, every time she looks beautiful. She was wearing, um, I think it was Jetton Couture. I'm not really sure how you pronounce that, but she was wearing purple, and it was strapless. Absolutely stunning. Now, moving on to awards. (laughs) I guess that's what the brown note is about. But, um, Sarah, goal of the year. Did Jack Higgins deserve it? Was definitely a little bit controversial in terms of not everyone believes it was actually a goal, <laughs> whether it should have been a throw. He actually had to correct himself in the speech. One point he went oh, to say, yes. I threw our uh, no, it wasn't a throw. But <laughs> I do think it was a goal. I mm-hmm. think it's a bit of little moment of genius. Um, he, may not have, he may not have had a moment of genius in his speech when he said, no. uh, my heart's pumping a thousand minutes per second, but he had a little bit of moment of genius in the on the football field. And I don't think it should count as a throw. Like it was, you know, it was an act of dropping the ball for mm-hmm. it to reach his foot. Yeah. He wasn't, you know, throwing it away from his body. Um, and it was 
really pretty epic. Yeah, pretty <laughs> epic. The you know ducking behind uh, the behind post. Um, yeah, it was pretty spectacular. So I reckon I reckon it was a good pick. Yep, definitely. I also an award that I really um, I really loved, and I I think should get a bit more attention. Um, it was actually the Jim Steins Award. Mm-hmm. So this is awarded. It's named in honour of the late um, Melbourne champion and president, who I'm sure we all know. And it's presented annually to an AFL or AFLW player who makes a genuine commitment to community causes. And um, this year, huge congratulations to Neville Jetta. He was the winner um, of the award this year for his work supporting Indigenous youth through a lot of different school-based programs. But he's also an ambassador for Red Cross and Headspace, so a very busy man. And um, I just thought it was really great. Um, there was a number of players nominated. Um, we had Ben Brown, Jared Harborough, uh, Justin Westhoff. And seeing the, I guess, like the highlights reel, but instead mm-hmm. of being a highlights reel of, you know, their great marks and tackles and goals and whatnot, it was a highlights reel of their community work. And I just think sometimes sport players get a bit of a bad rap in the they media. Do. They're seen as a bit arrogant and stuff. But I thought just seeing the work that these footballers are doing, um, you know, these these footballers are very lucky in that they have a very privileged position. They do. They have worked extremely hard for that, of course, but they are very lucky and they do have a lot of kids who look up to them. So I think it's so great when they're able to use that for good and use the position that they're in to do some really great community work. Yeah, so huge absolutely. congrats to them. Congrats to them and also congratulations to Tom Mitchell, the winner from Hawthorne Football Club. Did you hear his speech? Yes, I did. And I actually really appreciated his speech. I really liked it. Like, Me the reason too. I liked it, well, of course, there was the little bit of the humorous moment when, uh, you know, he's thanking his coach, <laughs> Clarko, and the camera pans to him, and he looks like he's half asleep. <laughs> I mean, I would have thought, you know, your star player winning a brown, though, you maybe would have been a bit interested. Sneaky uh, <laughs> camera a shots there. <laughs> yeah, but no, I really loved um, when he was thanking his girlfriend. Uh, in the speech, you actually spoke about her dress before. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Um, because so Hannah Davies. It's Hannah Davies. Yes, yep. Hannah Davies. And he he made a comment, you know, basically like he couldn't have done it without her. Mm-hmm. And pointing out all the little things she'd done, like even obviously there's a huge sacrifice in terms of time, you know, saying he yeah. gets home late a lot of times because he's at training and stuff and he's very dedicated and obsessed I think <laughs> that word was thrown around a few times but also in terms of like her helping him with his diet like you said you know before he met her his uh pre-game yes. meal wasn't the best lollies and shapes or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> my kind of diet yeah so I just thought it was really great because obviously um partners and families you know as much as the Brownlow is an individual accolade there's mm-hmm. a whole team of people behind the individuals who win this award and no matter what sport you're in all elite athletes the sacrifices that their partners make like in just in terms of the amount of support and the time Huge. that they have to give just in the way that you support um your partner in any career they have mm-hmm. so I thought that was really great so a huge congrats to Tom Mitchell but also his girlfriend Hannah Davies. I know both wrapping up the wins there and guys we're going to be talking everything grand final next up we even did a little poll and we'll share the results just after this song so don't go anywhere
And if you just joined us, happy public holiday to you all. It is grand final public holiday, and tomorrow the Pies will take on the Eagles at the MCG at 2.30. It is, instead of the race that stops the nation, it is the game that stops the nation. <laughs> Probably more stops Victoria. But, <laughs> <True. hereabouts. laughs> oh, but it is a big event, and the big question is, I think, here is, who do you think will win, Sarah? What is your prediction? So, I mean, as a Victorian, <laughs> there is definitely a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. There is an expectation that you will go for, if it's a Victorian interstate yep. grand final, you will go for the Victorian team mm-hmm. um, over the interstate team. Yes. But as an Essendon supporter, same, same. it goes against my very being to support <laughs> Collingwood. So, in saying that, though, mm-hmm. I do think they might just take it out. I think it'll be close, Ooh. but I'm actually going to back them in. What about you? Look, I'm completely conflicted. I don't actually know who I want to win because I think they both have played a really, really good lot of footy this this season. I'm, I'm kind of thinking West Coast may do it. Yeah, That's yeah, my prediction. Fair. And, I mean, there is always... The uh, I guess there is the challenge that West Coast faces that Collingwood doesn't. Yes. Yeah, the travel, you know, Collingwood is obviously playing at the G. They're very familiar there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas West Coast obviously has a lot less experience uh, at the G. And it is a disadvantage to interstate teams um, yeah, when exactly. they play the grand final. And so I guess that is something to take into consideration as well. However, as their coach did point out, that while in the past their record at the G hasn't necessarily been... You know, as great as their record at home, mm-hmm. that this year they have improved a lot in how they play at the G. Now, we put a little uh, post, put a poll up on Facebook and Twitter. We sure did. To see, you know, whether people would uh, be on our side. And just mm-hmm. like me and Bethany are, the poll is divided as well. Uh, on Facebook, it's actually 50-50. Yeah, so, can you believe that? Out of 28 votes, it's 50-50 for Facebook. Twitter's a little bit of a different story, though. Twitter is 25% of people think Collingwood will win versus 75% think West Coast will take it out. So that is interesting. Little mm. bit, little bit of a change. And we also, of course, another <laughs> big part of the grand final is who will take out the Norm Smith medal. So... Mm-hmm. Some people have commented on our post to let us know their thoughts. So we've got Chris Neese believes that uh, Josh J. Kennedy will take out the Norm Smith. Molly Connor thinks it'll be Elliot Yeo. Nick mm-hmm. DeBarno thinks Steeled side bottom, and so does Brooke Varney, and I think I'm going to agree with them yeah, there. Yeah, me too. So Athos Sirianos thinks that Willie Rioli will take it out, and, and a happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> we also have Victoria Raptors who thinks Adam... How do you pronounce his last Adam name? Adam Shaw. Shaw, not quite sure about that one. And we also have Naomi, I think it's Darmanin, and she says Jaden Stevenson will take it out. So so definitely just like the 50-50 poll, a lot of different opinions. Only uh, Brooke and Nick who agree with each other, and I think I'm yeah. going to agree with them there. But definitely there's a lot of strong plays that will be out on the field tomorrow. So hopefully it will make for a great game because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Bethany, but I was a bit disappointed by the prelims. Yeah, no, I I share that as well. I think, you know, with the Eagles in Melbourne, the Eagles won 121 to 55. That's just a shocking margin for a preliminary final. And it's not an enjoyable game either. It's not. I mean, it's enjoyable for the Eagles. (laughs) For the Eagles. (laughs) But as a neutral, you know, and it's not Mm. a good look for the AFL. You're trying to promote this game. And I just, that was very disappointing to see, as was. Uh, the Collingwood-Richmond game. Richmond did kind of pick it up a little yeah, there bit. There moments. was a point moment where I thought, 
I think it was start third quarter when they came out and they kicked a goal and I was like, oh, I think they're on. Like, I think they're back. But then they just couldn't keep that momentum going. And Collingwood played a they were on tremendous fire. game. That was Mason a great Cox game. was certainly a highlight. And so it's for that reason. It's Collingwood's performance in the prelim. That's my reason for backing them. But either way, I hope and I do think that it will be a close game. And I'm hoping that it is. You're listening to The Weekly Wrap on Sin 90.7 with myself, Bethany Hayes and Sarah Booth. Now for one of our all-time favourite segments, it's hot or not. And this one is pretty self-explanatory. We say something that happened throughout the week and we give it a hot or a not. Now to start us off, Tanya Plibersek wrote a letter to Scott Morrison and the letter demanded that he makes scrapping the GST on sanitary items a priority after he promised to scrap it weeks ago. So what do we think about this? I think that is a definite hot because I've been, frankly, I'm not going to hold back here. It's an absolute (laughs) joke. It is. That there is a tax on sanitary items. The GST is not meant to apply to Mm -hmm. items that are deemed essential when you compare items that the GST doesn't apply to. And then the fact that sanitary items are deemed a luxury product. Yeah, that that does not make sense. They attract a tax. Um, They're essential for 50% of the population, mm-hmm. um, they cannot work, they cannot go to school yeah. um, if they do not have access to sanitary items and therefore to tax them is a complete injustice. Mm-hmm. 100%. I would say Tanya Plibersek's letter is a major hot. And now next up, this week the world was held captive by some very cute photos <laughs> that emerged of Jacinta Ardern's three-month-old baby Neve at the United Nations wearing a security pass that says New Zealand's first baby. Oh my God, I love that so much. That is a major hot. If you haven't seen those photos, do yourself a favour and check them out. I definitely agree. I mean, we have the cuteness factor, 10 Mm -hmm. out of 10. But I also love it because I think it's so great because I'm just... I'm just really sick of workplaces not accommodating to women mm-hmm. and not accommodating to families. Yeah. Um, we've discussed on the show many times before um, issues with the gender pay gap and the superannuation, and those issues are going to continue to persist if we have workplaces that do not have flexible arrangements. And so I think by having a world leader like Jacinda Ardern bringing her baby to the United Nations – I think it just sets a really great example that you can um, make, you can that women can have babies, and then they can also be the prime minister of a country. Mm-hmm. You know, you're never going to hear a man be asked, "Oh, how are you going to manage?" But women <laughs> have that question all the time, just because of the presumption that they'll be the primary carer. So I think that this is a great example to show that it can be done. So. Props to Jacinda Ardern. Definitely. That's a major hot from the weekly wrap there. And if you're a fan of Skater Boy, Avril Lavigne, (laughs) my all-time favourite SingStar song, but Avril Lavigne has come back after a long hiatus and she's released a new song called Head Above Water. I mean, I haven't listened to it, so I don't know if I can give my exact hot or not, but I'm just going to say hot anyways because, Mm -hmm. you know, she... She's Skater Boy. It's an Avril Lavigne comeback is always hot. So really nothing bad you can say about that one. What about Australia's arm strawberry crisis? We went over this in the show last week, remember? Mm -hmm. Uh, Cut them, don't cut them out. Our favourite slogan. And if you haven't listened to that, get on that. (laughs) But the crisis has unfortunately reached New Zealand. There are reports that needles have been found in Australian strawberries in New Zealand. 
that is a major not for me. We discussed this last week, but... It's just horrible. It's the impact horrible. that it's having on farmers, the amount of money that they're losing, um, it's really upsetting. So please, please, please cut them. Don't, Don't cut, cut them, them out. out. <laughs> Amazing. And what about Cass went home last night on The Bachelor? What do we think of that? I think, I mean, I, to be honest, I mean, given I had her in the sweep, you I'm did. upset. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm also... I, to be honest, I didn't think she'd win because I think the way that she was edited, um, the show, unfortunately, I think they made her look very and intense. They and made they her made very it look a intense, bit a little bit clingy even. Um, and I think that editing was unfair. But my question is, I'm more like, why did Nick keep her for so long? Mm-hmm. Because she, I think, had some of the strongest feelings for him. Yes. So it's like, why hurt her more by bringing her to this stage? Like, why not exactly. kind of like let her down gently earlier instead of bringing her, you know, to top four home visits. Home visits, super And then serious. say goodbye to her. So yeah. I think I'm not, because I think if he, if he knew that it wasn't going to be her at the end, I feel like maybe Nick could have, like... I don't know, spare let her, her feelings down. and yeah. let her down before. I mean, I know all the girls are going to get upset, mm-hmm. but just because, you know, she knew him before, I feel like it'd be a bit more upsetting. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. We've seen it in The Bachelor in the past, but, you know, other other producers asking Nick to keep her on for the drama, we don't know, but I think that's a not from us, you know. It's about people's feelings, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're listening to The Weekly Wrap on Sin 90.7 with Bethany Hayes and Sarah Booth. Now, this week, a new show dropped on Netflix. Mm. And I've watched it. I've only had time to watch about one and a half episodes. Thanks, uni. (laughs) (laughs) Uni struggles. But I must say, I'm absolutely hooked. So, I thought I'd tell you all about it. Please give me the rundown. So, it's called The Innocence, which I feel like the title already is like... I'm already gripped. Yeah, like I just saw the title on... um, I'm picturing like some white clothing, a bit of picnic and hanging rock vibes. (laughs) Hanging rock vibes. I guess it kind of does have those vibes in a way in that Ooh. it's, well, Pitney Cane Rock's kind of creepy and you've got supernatural yes. vibes. This is definitely creepy and supernatural. Ooh. So it was premiered August 24th, so it's been out about four days now, and it's a British supernatural television series. Mm-hmm. And it's the kind of show where you're watching the first episode and you don't entirely know what's going on. On you're not quite yeah. like if someone asked you to describe the plot you'd be a bit like what like there's a plot <laughs> um, I guess just kind of within the first but like once mm-hmm. the first episode ends things kind of start to make sense but it's very it's very mysterious mm-hmm. um, and it kind of drip feeds you information along the first episode Ooh. and then by the end you kind of have a li- like as in a little bit of understanding but, but not, not too much yeah so what it follows is it's set in um, England in kind of the countryside. Yeah. Um, and it follows this young couple, June and Harry. They're very adorable. Aww. I love them. Um, and so June is they're – both, they're both in school. Yeah. Um, so they're young? They're, yes. Yes, they're young. They're probably, I think, 16 maybe. Mm-hmm. And June's father lives with her father, and he's very, very, like, repressive. He has very strict rules. Mm-hmm. He um, – there's a scene that I find very weird, and I was like, what – so he's dropping her off at school. Yeah. And he literally, like, drives her. And I thought he was driving her to the bus stop, but then he drives her all the way to school, um, like, the same route that the school bus takes, 
and then goes in the school and he walks her to her locker and then says goodbye to oh. her at her locker. And her locker's, like, indoors. Like, it's not like it's an outside locker. Like, it's okay, in that the would be building. weird. So, I'm like, that's a bit weird. Like, and no one else's 16. parents are doing that, obviously. Obviously not. <laughs> Just in case it was normal for that school. <laughs> no. So, you kind of get the sense that he's very protective. Mm. June is a bit tired of this. As you do. She doesn't want to live like this. So she and Harry decide to run away That's together. always a good idea when you're 16. I mean, we've, yeah. that's worked so well in the past. <laughs> I mean, if Romeo and Juliet were anything to go by, <laughs> things work out super well. <laughs> However, once they leave, mm-hmm. things start to go wrong. And not for the reasons <gasps> that you would think. Not for the reasons like, oh, two 16-year-olds running away with not much money. How are they going to work? No, maybe June's father had so many rules and was so protective of her for a reason. I am so intrigued. (laughs) So June's mother is no longer in the picture and it's Mm -hmm. not really explained as to why. Okay. But you get the sense that there's something a bit mysterious around it. So she's still alive? She's just not in the picture or we don't know? Yes, she is still alive. Okay. And the episode has this very kind of dark uh ominous feeling it's very creepy mm-hmm. and june this bit is where it's supernatural okay she discovers that she has the ability to shapeshift i know this oh. sounds really creepy lot to it it's not shapeshift in the terms of like you know some fun thing in a like you know in a children's like fairy book or something mm. like this is a horrific experience oh my God. where June finds herself transforming into another person. It's very painful. And then she's oh. like stuck in this other person's body. She doesn't know what to do. And of course, like there's this uh, scene. This isn't a spoiler. You see it in the ad. She comes back to the motel room that she and Harry are staying at. And Harry's like, oh, my God, because there's this random, like, 50-year-old man who's just walked into the hotel room, a man who they had previously had some trouble before with. And she's like, no, 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 it's me, it's me. And he obviously doesn't believe her, but her reflection is still her. So she, like, tackles him and drags him to the mirror, and it's just this really, like, shocking moment where she's like obviously kind of got her arms wrapped around him yeah and he's pushing him towards the mirror and he looks in the mirror and the reflection is of june with her arms wrapped around him but to him it's this like 50 year old man can you imagine that so yeah there's this very kind of creepy thing around this shape shifting it's got a very dark feeling yeah it's not a oh cool i'm magic kind of vibe <laughs> that's it's not got vibe. this very creepy dark um kind of theme to it and at the same time we're also seeing scenes in a place in Scandinavia where there's other people who are like June and there's experiments being conducted on them and it feels a bit cult-like yeah um like they're not allowed to talk about their past lives they're not allowed to talk in their native tongue because that's you know what they spoke in their past life yeah Kind of like cold, sterile environment, is um, it? Not particularly. Like, it's in the mountains. Okay. But it's more just, yeah, and it's just got this ominous feel to it. And they're talking about, we need to find the girl. We need to find this girl. So that is what I will leave you with. I think it's a pretty, it's a very interesting TV show. It's very um, kind of dark and creepy. But I also really love Jean and Harry's relationship. So, I wanted to ask you, do you wish you had the ability to shapeshift? 
Not in the way that June does. June's ability, I mean, in this episode, she certainly wasn't controlling it. It happened. She had no idea why. Suddenly she looked like another person. It was very painful. She was obviously very, very scared. But I'm meaning if you had complete control over it, kind of like for any Harry Potter fans out there, um, the character of Tonks in Harry Potter, would you like to be able to shapeshift? I'm so conflicted about this because I feel like knowing me, like I just take it too far and like I wouldn't be able to control it in the end. I'm going to say no for safety reasons. Even if I could make myself better, I'm going to say no because like I'm too scared. <laughs> what I, about you? I think I'm going to go the other way and I think I'm going to say Ooh. yes, but I wouldn't use it to shapeshift to look like other people. Like I wouldn't want okay. to look like other people, but I think I just use it to look like a better version of me. <laughs> As in like, I am very, very pale. Uh, Casper the friendly ghost over here, everyone. We need some sun. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, instead of having to, you know, get the uh, gradual tan, out that before, never works. <laughs> before a night out, I'd probably just, you know, just make myself a little bit tanned. I would love that you too. Know, <laughs> maybe make it look like I go to the gym a bit more than I do. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, you're kind of selling it to me now. So I think I would just do that for like little improvements. Just basically kind of, basically like Photoshop myself, like airbrush myself. <laughs> airbrush so yourself. That's why, that's why I would take shapeshifting. Love it. Okay, I'm definitely going to have to check that out on Netflix. But if you're interested in horror so we have a treat coming up for you next. We're going to see how well me and Sarah are going to survive next week, according to our horoscopes. So you're listening to the Weekly Wrap on Sin 90.7. And now for a little twist on our Surviving Next Week segment, we're going to look at our horoscopes to see what we have in store for the week ahead. Now, Sarah, you're a Libra, right? Yes. So, Libra, here's what it says. Boredom might stimulate your rebellious streak today, Libra. You could decide to forego your usual tasks and do something unusual or expected, such as skydiving or horseback riding. Um, given I have a fear of both horse riding <laughs> and skydiving, mm, um, I feel like this horoscope is not particularly accurate. It says, don't feel guilty if you decide to do this. We all need to throw caution to the wind and go for some excitement occasionally. Follow your instincts and have fun. I can promise I'm not going to feel guilty because it's not going to happen, frankly. Can you imagine if next Friday we're, we're here with an update, Sarah's been skydiving, like, wow. Wow. Not going to happen. <laughs> I will bet... I was going to say, I don't have any money. Tweet us at Weekly Rap S-Y-N if you think that's going to come true. (laughs) Definitely not. Now, Bethany, you're a Capricorn. I am. Oh, so looks like you have a big week ahead of you. Oh, not another one. (laughs) If you want to survive, you're going to need to uh, double your caffeine intake because you need all the energy you can get. Big things are coming in your professional life. Um, and you've been working tirelessly on a project. Very true. It's <laughs> killing us both at the moment. Um, and this could be the thing that gets you called up to the majors. Wow. I don't think that's really going to be happening. But, like, we love a bit of optimism from the horoscope. Bit of optimism. So, guys, you heard it here on the weekly wrap first. Mm-hmm. Me and Bethany will survive next week. Yes, um, I will wood. survive next week because I will not follow the horoscope and will not jump <laughs> out of a won't plane. Be skydiving. Because I do not understand the appeal of jumping out of a plane. Planes I'd be were way made too scared to be sat in. They were made so that you stay in the plane from the runway 
to the touchdown. You don't yes. you don't get in the plane and decide to exit it another way. No, mid-air. especially not like hundreds of feet up. No, it's just I just don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and Bethany herself will be having a very action-packed week. Who knows, though, to be honest, might just disregard that and lie on the couch. You can just watch that, my Netflix recommendation. Yes, the innocence I get on that. So that brings us to the end of our show, unfortunately. We hope you've enjoyed our little grand final edition and yes. that you enjoy the game tomorrow. Shout out to everyone who voted in our poll. If you missed the start of the episode and want to hear the results of that, you can check out our podcast. That should be up soon. And don't forget to give us a like on our socials. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But for now, that's all until next week. This has been the Weekly Wrap on Sin 90.7 with Sarah Booth and Bethany Hayes. You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7.